0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zephyr CMS. It's a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. You can find them at zephyrcms.com. More about this later in the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Anik Singhal. He is the founder of Learn.com. That's L-U-R-N.com. It's an online community of entrepreneurs coaches, experts, and tons of courses. So Anik, thanks for joining me.
1: Man, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Let's talk marketing.
0: You bet. Yeah. So I want to specifically hone in on something that uh, it was actually an entire video course that, that you produced. Um, and and I think we could spend, well, you spent two hours talking about it, so I know we can spend 20 minutes talking about it. Um, and uh, we'll just call it the five-step copywriting formula. Um, and I want to put this in context. I mean, uh, uh, copywriting is something that has been with us for you know, eons. Uh, um, the, the, you know, We used to get the 10-page sales letters in the mail and then it went online. And, um, and I think a lot of times people only think of it as, oh, I'm going to write this long sales page to try to influence somebody to buy something from me. But you know, I've always looked at at copywriting or or essentially being able to tell a great story in a way that gets somebody to connect is it's probably one of the master skills of marketing. Period. Your thoughts on that?
1: You know what? I think it's the most important skill um, that any business owner or entrepreneur needs. I cannot say it loud enough. Like it's not portrayed enough. A lot of people ignore it. Think, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard that before. But oh my god, you learn influence and impact and you learn how to be able to convince someone to do something. I mean, we need it every day in our lives. If you're married, you're using these skills on your spouse, on your kids. Uh, Persuasion is just, it's such a key thing needed.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, A lot of people sometimes do, sometimes don't understand how they get persuaded. I mean, but but when you break it down, they can go, oh yeah, okay, that is what happened. But it's really hard, I think, sometimes for them to do it themselves because it's, it is, logical at times, but it's also, there are some real psychological aspects to it, aren't there? There's absolutely. And, and, and
1: I think sometimes when we talk about the psychological aspects of persuasion, it, it gets a negative connotation, right? Cause people will think it's, it's linked to manipulation or, and it's not, it's not at all. Like the, the things that I teach and the things that I've mastered, it's just human communication. So if you looked at me 15 years ago 20 years ago at a party I was such an introvert so scared that I wouldn't have even walked into a room where I didn't know the people today I can walk into a room where I know nobody and give me 10 minutes and I'll have a crowd around me I'm still an introverted person but I understand I understand communication I understand what makes someone tick what makes someone react what makes what interests someone and so it's it's just about being more interesting that's really in the end it's about giving people what they really want and and through that avenue, you're able to get more of what you want.
0: Yeah, and, I th- and and I think people underestimate how intentional it is. I mean, that's to me, that's the difference between you know overly influencing uh, as opposed to just being intentional about how you tell a story or or make a pitch. So I know that we're going to break down the five steps, um, and there is an actual formula. I guess that's what I was kind of saying. That's the word that I think a lot of people uh, neglect. But but I know you start when you talk about this formula and say, well, you know, there's, 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 there's like three secrets, you know, that you have to kind of, it's like the global uh, key uh, to making this all work. You want to unpack those?
1: Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, you, you, you look at, um, you just look at where we're going as, as a marketing world, okay? Um, and so I want to introduce everyone to a concept called interactive marketing. Um, and so I'll keep this very high level, but basically the human mind has completely changed. And in 2015, Microsoft did a study where they actually proved that the average attention span of a human now is eight seconds. And why that's crazy is because the average attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds. And so we officially have the attention span less than of a goldfish. So in your marketing, you've got to keep attention. And that has become more difficult now than it ever was. Before, it used to be harder to get the attention of someone. Keeping it was easier. Today, it's harder to keep it. Okay. So getting it is easier. And what, what the way you do that is by interacting with people. Marketing used to be one way, right? Imagine drive by billboards, see an infomercial. Um, you get something mailed to you in the mail. It's one way. It's you talking to the consumer, but you don't get any talk back. Well, that's changed today. We can actually, we can actually, the consumer can participate in the process. So when you're talking to someone, how are you keeping them engaged? So secret number one really comes down to, understanding the value of interaction and involving the consumer in your marketing it's super key secret number two is one that i actually love because i think that this allows everybody to take a sigh of relief when we talk persuasion when we talk you know copywriting when we talk conversion when we talk psychology it's these are scary words and so everyone thinks oh i'm not i can't do that like that that's not who i am i'm not salesy i don't want to sell And what I want to tell you, though, is that 20, 30 years ago, you had to be salesy. You had to come up with the one liners, the punch lines, because you were not talk. You weren't talking to a targeted audience. You know, um, if you ran ads, for example, let me put it this way. A billboard. You put a billboard up. You're going to have, you know, 100,000 cars drive by that day from all walks of life. Literally all kinds of variety of people. So you have to put out such a punchline. I call it the shotgun method. You literally have to put out a shotgun. You have to spread your bullets wide and you have to make such a great message that it attracts as many people as humanly possible, even people that weren't thinking about the very thing that you're trying to get them to think about.
0: That, yeah, that's for example. That's, that's why you see the HVAC contractor running the you know the big headline. Your wife is hot.
1: Exactly. You know, they're, just, they're
0: really just trying to interrupt and so, make somebody go, huh?
1: Exactly. Right. So that's where you have you have to be that that that's Jedi skills. You have to be very good. And I don't want everyone to be have to be that good today. We have so many amazing avenues for marketing and advertising that get so specific that I mean, I can go to Facebook right now and say, hey, Facebook, I want you to show an ad to someone who's interested in martial arts, who lives within a 15 mile radius of this zip code, owns an iPhone, is a male above the age of 40, is in the top 5% of income earning bracket and uh, owns an iPhone. I don't know if I already said that, but I mean, I can get ridiculously specific. So you're using a, you're using a, um, you're using a sniper rifle now. And what this does is it makes your need to write sexy copy and sexy messages a lot less. I'll give you an example. Let's say, um, so, so John, like, let's say you, you know, you, you said you live in the mountains and, um, you know, you have, so if I, if, if I just came to you, if I wrote a headline that said, um, live in the mountains and away from everything? Question mark. I'd get your attention. Probably.
0: Yeah, I'd want to know, want to know where we're going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great copy, but you'd answer Like, yeah, I do. So secret number two is just, it's gotten easier. It's super easier. All right. Uh, secret number three is go ahead and make mistakes. Because... Yeah, 20 years ago, if you wrote some copy, or if you put a sales message, you'd have to print a bunch of flyers, you'd have to get, you know, you'd send it off to the advertising company. That was it. I mean, if you spent 10 grand, you spent 10 grand, there was that was one time shot, you better get it right. Today, again, thanks to all of our digital mediums, five bucks. I mean, Facebook, Google, whatever It's $5, you have live feedback from the messaging you've put out there. So change it, evolve it, test it. And so that's why anyone can do this now. It's, it's, oh my God, it's such an amazing age to be doing this kind of persuasion marketing than 20 years ago, the, the, the world in which I learned it. And so this is why I think every business owner now can absolutely evolve their conversions and their marketing.
0: So let's talk about the, the, the five steps, uh, formula. And I'm going to actually ask you to break it down. So I'll introduce them and I'll ask you to break each, each one down, but. I really want to emphasize or reemphasize this idea that this could go for a talk from the stage this could go for you know a, a webinar this could go for a sales letter I mean I, I just think that the the beauty of this approach is that it is so flexible in in that regard it, it it's so flexible in the ways in which I mean you could do you could you could deliver a subtle version of this across the desk from somebody couldn't you Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, actually, as a matter of fact, you can use this definitely in person. You can use this at parties to be a more interesting person. You can use it to with your wife to allow you to go on a golfing trip this weekend. Um, you can use it in writing, in ads, in emails. It, with employees, you got to convince your team member to work the weekend, late hours. I mean, this 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 five-step formula is what's going to do it.
0: All right. So the the steps are introduction, story, content, transition, pitch. So let's begin at the beginning. Introduction.
1: Yeah. All right. So whenever we go over these steps, people will say, I, I, I always say on behalf of people, they'll say, really, that's it? That's your five secrets? You know, introduction, story, content, transition, pitch, like it doesn't sound all that. Here's what I want. Here's what I tell everybody, hang in there with me for a moment. And learn to understand what's beneath what you see. So when I say step one is introduction, the core you need to understand this is just getting into psychology of persuasion. The core that you need to understand is not People hear introduction what do you think? You immediately think, hi, my name is Onyx Singhal. Right. I am blah, blah, yeah. blah. Let
0: me tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah, right?
1: Exactly. And that's the worst <laughs> thing you could do. By far <laughs> sure. the worst way you can start any kind of sales presentation. So introduction, I always, for each of these five steps, I want you to simply ask me a question that is, what is the purpose of that? And within the purpose lays the biggest psychological unlocking. So the purpose of, introdu- of introduction is what's in it for me? It's very simple. So you I, you know, and by me, I mean the consumer you're talking to or the person you're talking to. So hi, my name is Anik Singal. I'm a, you know, three-time winning blah, blah, blah. There's nothing in it for me in that. It's all about you. But like we start this podcast episode, it's like, Hey, everyone, you're going to learn five secret steps to be able to convert anyone into a sale starting now. And it's like, okay, I get it. That's what's in it for me. This is what's going to get my attention. So the introduction is short, powerful, but it lays out a specific tangible benefit, not of buying the product. That's a big mistake. Number two, you don't start to sell the product, you sell the presentation. So your purpose of the introduction is to simply convince them to stay with you through your presentation. What are they going to get of value out of the presentation itself? So what's in it for me? And what do I get out of this presentation? Because consumers are demanding now. They got lots of options and no attention span. So
0: what do they get now? right yeah it's kind of like the headline right i mean it's like i'm going to scan i'm scanning all the sea of stuff out there and it's like boom you hit me with the headline says okay i want to know more here i want to stay engaged exactly and and a headline is the introduction a
1: well written headline will be an uh, a powerful introduction
0: yeah yeah all right so uh story is the second part story is pretty hot right now a lot of people are talking about it but i think that you um i think that you use the purpose of the story element um in maybe a stronger way Sure.
1: So story, everyone is used to hearing the common old stories sell people love stories, stories draw people in very true. I don't argue with that. However, most people think of stories. And again, they start to tell their story. Once upon a time, I was born and blah, blah, blah. Again, I hate to say this, but this is something I want everybody to hear. And I don't mean to sound harsh, but it's the truth. And that is nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not about you. If you want to keep someone's attention, it needs to be about them. So when it comes to story, I want to give everyone a simple visual, and then I'll tell you the purpose. I want you to think about Batman and Robin. And so, John, I come to you and I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing tonight? You know, at one in the morning, chances are you're going to tell me I'm sleeping. And I'm I say, well, that's really selfish of you because you should be out saving the world. Batman does. And your likely response will be, I'm not Batman. And you're going to say, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not in the best shape of my life. I don't have all these toys. And uh, yeah, I'm not a fictional cartoon character. So... Um, Versus if I come to you and I'm like, hey, man, um, you know, uh, Batman is going to meet you at this K and 5th, at the corner of K and 5th. Could you just drive him to the other side of the city? He needs to go fight crime. And you're going to say, well, yeah, I can do that. And so that's Robin. So the purpose of story is relatability. However, too many people are out there using stories to set themselves up as Batman. Well, if people can't relate to you, everything you're showing them is going to be irrelevant to them. So a great person in sales, whether you're sitting across the table with someone, whether you're at dinner with a friend and trying to become, you know, trying to grow a friendship with someone, you don't ever want to set yourself apart or aside. You want to be at their level. So when I teach copywriting, my story is about my journey to discovering my copy formula. It's not about how amazing of a copywriter I am. It's not about how many things I've won. It's literally about how much I stunk at writing. I was the worst, I, true story, a D minus English student, and now I'm going to sell over a quarter billion dollars worth of products through copywriting, immediately makes someone think they have a chance, right? That makes them think, wow, if he can do it, I could do it. So relatability is the purpose. Don't set yourself up as Batman unless you are the product. If you're a consultant, you're a coach, you're the plumber, you're the guy's going to come in. Here's a big issue contractors face contractors come in, set themselves up as Batman, but they're going to send their team in later to do the work. And the homeowner wants the, they want Batman there. They don't want Robin. So you have to think about your story. It has to be a journey that describes how the solution was discovered. It has nothing to do with you. It's about your journey to the solution. It's about what you're providing. And make sure you build up the thing that they are buying. Don't build yourself up. Build up the thing that they are buying. That's a great usage of story.
0: Yeah, and I think one of, the, one of the things that this implies, which is not always the truth, is that you better understand what problem they're trying to solve because your story has to address that. And I think a lot of people underestimate that element.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, if you don't understand what problem you're trying to solve, your presentation or they're trying to solve, your presentation is absolutely uh, useless. I mean, you've got to understand what you're trying to solve, 100%.
0: You know, today, content is everything. So our websites are really content management systems, but they've got to work like one. Check out Zephyr. It is a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. It's really easy to use. It's very fast. It won't mess with your SEO. I mean, it really reduces the time and effort to to launch uh, your client's websites. Beautiful themes, just really fast profitable way to go they include an agency services to really kind of make a them your plug and play dev shop check out zephyr.com that is z-e-p-h-y-r-c-m-s.com all right next step i think we're on to what three uh content and again here's one another big one because everybody's like well, oh, yeah content sure we've been talking about that as marketers but uh how does that how does that fit into this
1: yeah so we'll go right into purpose right so what's the purpose of content A lot of people use the purpose of story. They think story is credibility. That's why they start talking about themselves and how many amazing things they've done. However, I just said that's not the purpose of story whatsoever. It's relatability. So actually, believe it or not, the purpose of content is credibility. And today's consumer is very different than 20, 30 years ago. They're not going to take your word for anything because they can Google you. They can check you, Yelp you. They can review. You can read reviews about you five ways, you know, left and right. But where are you going to win someone? And, and and this happened with me. I spent a quarter million dollars on an audiovisual integration program for my house because this one person answered my phone call when I was I blindly calling people um, on for Google results to try to find a company that would do my audio visual for my home. And um, this person actually called me back and spent 45 minutes with me on the phone answering all my questions, helping me out, guiding me all along, telling me, Hey, listen, we're probably not the right company for you because your project is too small, but he's helping me out. Well, you know what? I got to a point where I pinned him to the ground and was like, You're doing my work. I was fighting with him to give him a quarter million dollars. And the reason was because he proved through, to me through those 45 minutes. He had so much credibility with me because a guy knew his stuff. He had me having major aha moments. Now, obviously, he gave me enough. It's not like he gave me everything, right? Um, he told me the what's. I had realizations. I had aha moments. But it told me one thing. This guy knows way more than I do, and he's good, and he will provide. like He will deliver for me. So that's the purpose of content. Content is something where you actually get to show the market that you have unique knowledge. I'll give a one quick example um hey john uh this um my name is onyx and i'm a world-class dietitian uh i would like to become your coach it's only five hundred dollars a month thousand dollars a month um listen we're gonna go over three ways you can lose weight we're gonna get you to lose 30 pounds okay number one you're gonna eat less number two you're gonna drink more water number three you're gonna move more all right where would you like to sign
0: (laughs) (laughs) aren't there some
1: some pills i could take too or something (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) what like you didn't offer me any value i had no aha moment there's no reason why i think you're better than a youtube video like what's going on so unless i come to you and i'm you know like hey my name is you know so and such atkins i forgot his first name but um here's scientifical evidence that proves that everything you've been taught about weight loss is incorrect and actually i can help you lose weight by eating bacon and beef and it's like once you put the scientific study in front of me, I'm like, whoa, what is this aha moment? I don't understand it, but I had an aha moment. If you can pack three to five aha moments in a presentation, you got it. That's where the sale happens. You got the person right then and there.
0: All right. So so you 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 hooked me in, you engaged me, you you know, you related to me. I, you know, you you understand, you showed that you understand my problem because you've been there. Um, you delivered tons of value. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, hey, this, this, this might be the answer to my prayers. But now you interject psychology again in here with something that you call transition.
1: Yeah. So what happens is this entire time, so what's the purpose of transition? The purpose of transition is to answer the why. And it's very simple. It's a rip the Band-Aid. It's a quick move in and move out. But the entire time you've been speaking to the subconscious mind, when you've been doing introduction, story, content, You've been playing with the subconscious, you've been wooing the subconscious, but it's not the subconscious that makes the eventual purchase decision. It's the conscious that makes the purchase decision. So at some point, you got to move on over to the other side and you got to convince the conscious, the logical mind also. That happens during the transition. But the biggest thing that's happening during the transition is if you've done a great job during the intro story and content, you kind of become friends with the person. They like you, right? And that's common. And now you're about to ask them for money. But why are you going to ask me for money, right? It's uncomfortable. So now when you walk into Best Buy or you walk into an electronic store, the person approaches you, they're nice, they answer your questions and you're looking at a television set it's an innately understood why are you going to ask me for money? Well, it's a television set, someone paid to build it, you're going to pay to buy it. Um, However, when you're a contractor, or you're a chiropractor, you're a dentist, it's like, Oh, well, you know, you could charge me less, like, why do you have to charge me this much? So this money issue does come up. And so the answer to the why, a lot of times, if you've got a big project coming up or something, it's like, hey, we're raising money for this, or hey, you know, I do this online when I teach I'm selling digital courses. So many people say, oh, come on, it's just an online login. You can give it to me. Well, I make it very clear during my why. Listen, we have 46 employees here. We have 26,000 square foot center. We have three hour support response time. There's that, you know, this is why we charge what we do because it allows us to be at utmost service to you. Boom, done. Like you just completely stripped that fear, address the objection, but more than anything, I've let the subconscious know, Hey, I'm about to ask you for money. Move me over to the
0: conscious mind. Let's go. And really that, I mean, again, you use the idea of the, the home remodeler. I mean, I think, you know, that, that could apply to the home remodeler when somebody's thinking, well, gosh, you know, I really want this beautiful kitchen, but sure seems expensive. Uh, and I think the same, the same approach applies, doesn't it?
1: You know what? Um, I had this happen to me, my parents were getting their house remodeled. And this guy threw the numbers right in front of me. He literally threw the numbers. And he said, this is my cost of materials. This is my printout. This is what I'm spending. This is the number of people I have. This is my cost. I'm going to make exactly 20% on this project. I'm sorry, I cannot go any below that. Because if I go outside, I'll get 20% projects all left and right. This is my margin. This is my profit the negotiation ended on the spot, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Thank you. I don't even know if he was lying or telling the truth. It all looked pretty official, but man, he diffused. I, wanted, I was genuinely thinking he was way overcharging me. I wanted way more off the price. And the minute he showed that to me, I respected one business owner to another. I said, let's move on.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to the last one. And this is where people think the selling actually happens, but I think you're going to suggest the selling's actually done by this point. And that's the pitch.
1: Yeah. You know what? This is a big misunderstanding. So let's talk about the pitch's purpose. Most people would say, this is like 90% of people I ask, 95% of people, they, would say, they say, get the sale. And I'm like, eh, wrong. You, by the time you're pitched, the purpose is to confirm the sale, not to get the sale. And let me explain to you why. When have you ever actually voluntarily stayed in a room that you could comfortably get up and walk out of? at the end, when there was pitching was starting. I mean, most people, look, consumers are not silly or they're not stupid. They know they walk into something, they know they're going to get pitched, they know there's a money you ask. If, you're, if you are not sold, there's usually nothing that's going to be set in the pitch that's going to get you sold. Prime example, an extreme example I give on this is, uh, one of my friends, let's say, runs up to me and says, Anik, I've got Tiger Woods' golf clubs in my hands here. These are $20,000 I'll give to you right now for 90% off, two grand, man. This is a great deal. This is the ones he uses, the same clubs. I'm going to look at the person and say, I don't play golf and I don't care for Tiger Woods. I don't, I'm out. Versus you take the same pitch to a Tiger Woods fan who loves to play golf. You don't even have to give 90% off. You can give 20% off and the person will be jumping all up and down. So the, The purpose of the pitch is to confirm the value, right? So you confirm the sale through value stacking. So all you're trying to do is you've already got the sale. The sale happened in the content piece. That was when the person said, I want this person. I want this product. I want this service. In the pitch, there's only one question left. Only one question. How much? That's why they're still around. They're listening to you because they just want the number. And now what you need to do is build up your value so much so that when you throw the number out, it doesn't look bad. My standard rule is this. The consumer, I say, is a greedy, greedy, greedy person. They want to deal all the time. So I always say perceived value of what you're offering should always be 10 times what you're charging. You attain that and you got yourself a confirmation of a sale.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, throw into the mix that a lot of these uh, presentations are done, say, in webinar format. I mean, those people can bail anytime they want. You know, it's not like you're in a in a, in a room, you know, where it's like, how do I get around John here and get out the door? You know, it's uh, well, if you think about go ahead. think about this, let's say let's say you're on a sales page on a website,
1: bail any second. No one's even watching. You're on your own. You know, you walk into a store and you're walking around and no one's talking to you. I mean, you walk around, do what you you bail any minute, right? Um, There's lots of easy ways to bail. Usually, by the time you've reached a pitch, actual pitch, I would say it's safe to say 90% of the people you're talking to, they're sold. It's just a matter of how much. You You just have to draw value for money. That's it. All
0: right. We better wrap this up. This has been great. Uh, Anik, uh, why don't you tell people where? And again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I, I don't, you know, think in your mind. I don't sell digital products or I don't sell courses. Uh, this approach, the science behind this approach and this formula, uh, should be something that you're thinking about every time you sit down to write, you know, an email to try to convince somebody to do something. So why don't you tell us where people can find out more about this?
1: Yeah, um, I'd love to thank you so much for the opportunity. But listen, I want to invite everyone to listen to my podcast, The Fighting Entrepreneur. It's a fun one. It's very digital marketing focused and uh, The Fighting Entrepreneur. But really, the URL I want to throw out is, guys, if you want to learn more about this, you want to join me on this absolute journey. My mission in 2020 is to take the message of good copywriting to at least 100,000 entrepreneurs all over the world. Go to silentseller.com, uh, silentseller.com, it's S-I-L-E-N-T dot com, all kinds of resources for you the links will be there free facebook group free book workshops online courses we've got everything that you'll need just h- hop on over there and we'll, we'll get you where you need to be awesome
0: i thanks for dropping by the duct tape marketing podcast and hopefully we'll uh, run into you soon out there on the road
1: thank you very much man it's great and everyone as i always say when life pushes you stand straight smile and push it the heck back thank you